On today's episode of the Trade Busters podcast, we're going to be giving a Q2 2022 update of the Theta Engine strategy. Before we go on, the usual disclaimer, I'm not a financial advisor, so everything on this podcast is for informational purposes only and not to be construed as investment advice. Now, today is July 1st, 2022, so yesterday was the last day of June and thus the last day of Q2. And so you might be wondering, why do we need an update when I have been posting the logs and the, you know, the graph and all the trades basically daily, right? You have a live update of what's been going on and you can clearly see that the strategy has not been profitable this year. But of course, it's always good to uh, get some more color and some context, you know, because depending on when you may have started trading Theta Engine, you know, either you've been trading for know year and a half or you started last year end of last year beginning of this year april may your experience is going to be very different right because we have obviously had a pretty interesting year a lot of volatility lots of ups and downs in fact this may be you know one of the years that um the market action was just really not favorable but we'll, we'll get into that in a second uh before we go on just uh want to let you know that i will be looking at the trade log and the graphs at the Theta Engine page. So if you guys don't know, the way you get there is you go to the Tradebusters trading page, which is at www.thetradebusters.com, which will bring you to all of the content. And on the left-hand side, there's a number of links. Just look for the part that says uh, Trinity System Theta Engine, and there'll be a link that brings you to the other Google Sheets for Theta Engine. So when you get here, um, you'll know that there is a number of tabs so make sure you look at all of them there's a mechanics tab you know which has just the basic mechanics but this is also where the open positions are so these are the actual live positions that haven't been closed so you can see right now there's 19 positions right uh, ranging f with entry date from may 4th all the way to today uh, so the oldest trade i have on right now is 58 days in trade and I've been putting a trade on every day as usual. And you know, some of them have closed either via stop loss or profit take. And those, once the trades are closed, they will move to the closed trade log, which is labeled 2022 trade log, um, which you'll see all the trades uh, and the metrics at the top, which is just an aggregation of this year. And let's take a look at 2022 graph as well. So this takes the PL in normalized multiples. So I guess let's go back to the log real quick. If you scroll to the right hand side of the 2022 trade log, you'll notice that there's a column AH, which is um, summation of multiples. So this takes the profit of the trade and it takes each one and normalizes to a factor of credit multiples, right? So for example, if I collect a dollar and since I take profit at 60%, the win multiple after fees is gonna be about uh, 0.6 and the, the multiples themselves are in column Q. You'll see uh, PL multiple and the loss multiple is usually two because we take a stop loss at 200% or 2x net loss, right? And so column AH is simply an aggregation. Um, and if it'll make more sense, if we go, if you scroll down all the way to around row 129, this is the beginning of the year, you'll see that, you know, we had a a few profits at uh, 0 0.6, 0 0.6. So you can see the AH row 129 is 0 0.6, 1 1.2, 1 1.8, you know, was profitable 
um, trades adding up and then we had the stops and then it goes negative and then it goes low so you can see this is an aggregation so this basically normalizes because depending on you know what you're doing with the strategy sometimes you may have some differences in sizing either because your account went up or down or you were just trying to allocate either more or less to the strategy depending on your risk tolerance or your assumptions about the market right so by normalizing to PL multiples this takes the strategy in isolation of any sizing changes and looks at what the strategy itself is doing all right so knowing that let's go back to the 2022 graph and so you can see the blue bars are the individual PL multiples the red line is the cumulative and you'll see that you know there was a few closed trades in early january so the red line goes up but our first book wipe um i think i didn't have the whole book wipe. it was maybe three quarter of the book got wiped um so you can obviously see the leg down there uh we had a long string winners plus one stop and we were almost back to break even i think at the time when i did the q1 update this is end of march uh it was almost we were maybe a month from break even i was saying that we were gonna break even maybe like in april or something um and of course we got very close we, we got to negative 7.2 multiples um which is about 11 trades away from break even right and then of course may happened see let me double check this is in fact may yeah the close dates yeah early may we had a second book wipe and I think this one was a full one. I think it was like 17 trades, right? So obviously it went down again. Then we had a string of winners, started making some progress. And then we have about a half wipe. And this was in, this is June, I think, June 16th, mid-June. Um, so obviously, again, not profitable so far. Um, we have half a year left. And I want to look at some high-level metrics first. And then talk about what was going on in the market relationship to what was going on and kind of my thoughts as i was trading through everything so right now if you look at the well the graph or the trade log you'll see that we are currently at negative 50.8 multiples so let's do a little bit of basic math here at 50.8 credit multiples uh, and because we're collecting um, on a win 60 percent profit okay so if we take 50.8 and you divide by 0 0.6, you get uh, 84.6. Right, this is rounded 85. So this means I need 85 profit takes or 85 winners to get back to break even. Now, currently, we have 19 positions on the book right now. So the way I look at it is, so I'm I'm going to basically try to calculate a, an approximate break even win date, a hypothetical one. So I'm just walking through that process. Okay, so if I need 85 winners and i have 19 on the books right so let's just say assume my 19 all win right so 85 minus 19 basically i need to add another 66 positions and those need to be winners okay so to add another 66 positions because i can only add five trades a week if i take 66 divided by five and then multiply by seven that gives you the number of days that i need right i need 92 days to add about 66 positions. And then by the 92nd day, for that last trade to hit break even, or sorry, to hit profit, I look at my average days in trade. So right now at this point in time on my trade log, the average DIT is 25.8. So if I take 
the 92.4 and add the 25.8, which is again, once I add that last trade, that trade also needs to hit a uh, profit target, right? So 92.4 plus 25.8 gives you about 118 days, right? So 118 days real quick divided by 30, which gives you how many months? So 3.9 months. So in theory, if everything wins from here on out, we will break even for the year in 3.9 months, you know, a little under four months, which means today's July 1st. So just short of November 1st, right? Maybe around late October. So that's in theory. Obviously, we can't expect everything to win, or maybe we can. Um, so for one, that's kind of how I calculate the break-even date approximately. Now let's look at just the projection for the year, uh, the the best <laughs> best case scenario. So if you go to the 2022 trade log, you'll see that I have the theoretical capture rate, the win rate, you know, the win count, the occurrences. So we're, we're at a uh, theoretical capture rate of negative 41%, right? Because we're negative. But what I want to point out is we have 122 occurrences, right? 76 were winners. So the win rate is 62.3%. And I'm going to assume that we can have 253 occurrences in a year because that's, I think, how many trading days there are. So assuming everything for the rest of the year wins, again, a large assumption, but let's just say that's the case. We're trying to calculate what's the best scenario for this year. So there are basically 131 trades left, right? So there's 76 winners right now. And if I have 170, sorry, 131 more winners, that's going to give me 207 winners out of 253 trades, right? So if we have nothing but winners until the rest of the year, we can have a 81.8% win rate, which is pretty good. Right. Again, that's optimistic, but I'm just letting you know kind of how the math stacks up. And so at an 81.8% win rate and our current, you know, approximate win loss ratio, you know, of zero, uh, 0 0.6 on a win and about two on a loss, we can have a potential premium capture rate PCR of 10.5%. That's going to be a little worse than that because in reality, the risk reward ratio is slightly worse because of slippage and fees. You know, the loss size is slightly bigger than two. But it's showing you that, you know, for all, you know, the carnage that's gone on and what the market is down, you know, S&P, last I checked, is down, you know, 20%. Where are we? Actually, let me pull it up right now. Right now, year-to-date, S&P is down just, you know, 20.29%. We're in a bear market, right? And who knows what's going to happen the rest of the year. But there is a possibility for this strategy to be positive. Now, I'm sure... You know, in times like this, a lot of people are just like, you know, if I can just break even or not lose money for the year, I'll be happy, right? Wh which is true. But again, just kind of looking long term, like that's kind of the, the potential with this. And now I want to talk about kind of what was going on, right? So 2021 came off a very strong year, right? The win rate was very high. I think the PCR was like 40 or something. And looking at the longer term longitudinal studies, right? I've said before that it looks like about one out of every four years is negative, right? You, you just have to expect some losing years. And, and so we knew something was coming. Well, I guess we didn't know, but I, I guess it's, it's reasonable to expect, you know, a bad year coming up at some point. And with volatility being very low in January and markets at all time highs, that was essentially kind of the worst position to be in, right? We, we know like, sudden expansion, sudden drop. So the book wipe in January 
So if we look at the trade log, uh, the, the book wipe happened around January 24th. So looking at a chart of SPX from beginning of the year to January 24th, the market had about an 8% drop. So 8% drop for a book wipe. I'm going to take a look at VIX real quick and look at what happened. So from beginning of year to January 24th, 80%, right? So VIX almost doubled, right? 8% drop in the market, 80% increase in VIX, book wipe. So that gives you some context, right? Because people talk about different strategies and like how much of a drop, how much, you know, how resilient is the strategy, right? And that was a pretty big move. And it was in three weeks, right? 8% in three weeks, VIX doubling, had a book wipe. So what's interesting is if we look at um, the next portion of the year, right, from that first book wipe, uh, we had a bit of choppiness in February 24th. I had one intraday stop, okay? So from January 24th to February 24th, right, market dropped another 3% or so. And I think there was an intraday peak, right? Market rallied. We went to, you know, a local a local peak on February 9th, February 9th to February 24th, a quick drop of 6.5%, you know, in three weeks. So one stop, but because volatility was already high and, you know, new positions that we reestablished in January were even further from the market, right? Because we were putting them on in high VIX, right? From January 24th, to about February 24th, right? VIX was actually down a little bit. And so you can already see the market, uh, sorry, that strategy is somewhat resilient. We were better positioned, right? There was one stop in February. And then from then on, it was just a string of winners. And the string of winners ended April 21st. So if we look at the market, the market had a huge rally and it peaked. Uh, I guess I wouldn't say it peaked, but uh, April 21st, we had the end of that win streak. So let's examine what happened from April 21st, leading through May 12th, I think, May 9th, May 12th, right? So late April to mid-May. This was when we basically had uh, the second wipe. So what happened was, you know, during March and May, we were climbing up, climbing up, climbing up, hitting bench and profit targets. And so we were also positioning trades at a higher and higher market, right? So the market peaked again around March 29th. So from March 29th to May 2nd or mid-May, I'm just trying to check when the, yeah, so the wipe happened. It was May 2nd, May 9th, May 12th. Let's do May 12th, right? So from the local peak at March 29th to April to May 12th, 15% drop, all right? So I'm looking at SPX from March 29th to May 12th. This was a 15% drop, almost double of the initial drop that gave us the first wipe. Okay, now let's look at VIX. VIX for March 29th was at a low of like 18. So it hit another low to May 12th. 68%, right? Not quite as much as the first time, but you know, 68% rise in VIX with a double the size of the drop from earlier in the year to hit our second wipe. So again, obviously, <laughs> I'm not saying that we didn't do bad, but the point is 
the strategy does sort of evolve and adapt to the market environment. Now, this was a pretty extreme market because you know, ideally you hope for like a big drop and then you know you get your book wide, maybe market chops around or whatever and it kind of takes a long time to get back to even, which is fine because as long as the market is chopping around and grinding up, it doesn't have to have a V-shaped recovery, right? But any new positions will be well positioned. And but the fact that we had this huge leg down, a huge rally, and a second leg down that was even bigger, is obviously kind of the worst case scenario for for Theta Engine, right? And that's why we had the second that second stop. So that of course set us back. You know that pushed out the break even, um, and then finally, we had a bit of a relief, right? So market kind of bumped up again. We had some profit takes around June seventh, and so let's see what happened. <laughs> from June 7th uh, to about June 16th, right? So we had a local peak on June 7th. And then look at this. In like one week from June 7th through June 16th, 11.8, right? 12% drop. This time even faster. This was literally in like nine days. Right, and let's look at VIX from June 7th to June 16th. VIX from June 7th, if you look at the chart, it's a bottom to June 16th, 37%, right? So VIX going up almost 40%, market dropping, you know, 11 point some percent, but this was like in a week. And so we had half a book wipe. So the point of going through this is like, when you're trading, Obviously, the numbers are that and the wins and the losses, you know, these are the, the statistics. It is what it is. But if you're kind of wondering, like, why is this happening or what's going on? And am I ever going to make money again? I mean, like, these are extreme environments, I think. You know, 2020, for example, had a huge down move. You know, wiped our books. Fine. But again, that was like the V-shaped recovery. And the thing is, like, no two years are going to be exactly the same. But it kind of gives you some context and like when you're putting these things on, like, is it working the way it's supposed to? Well, I always say like working, right? When you define what's working, it's not necessarily that it's making profit or not making profit. It's just a strategy. Is the strategy doing what you would expect it to based on what's going on, right? So for one, if your orders work, <laughs> if your profit targets hit at 60% and your stops hit at 200% and they execute to whatever you specify, it's working, right? Whether or not you're making money is, is a different issue, right? So the stops work, the profit takes worked. And I would say you know, with each leg down this year, volatility has been like perpetually above 30, just this high VIX all along. And with these crazy volatility and down moves, and I can see, right? Every day I'm looking at the positions and I can see them, you know, ebbing and flowing and, you know, going close to a stop or going close to a profit target. And you can tell that, you know, we're getting further from the money for each time we place a position higher, higher volatility. Not that we can't lose, but I can tell that like the book is getting kind of well better positioned. And at some point there will be a bottom of some sort. Not that the market again, not the not that the market has to recover, but that volatility is just going to get stretched to a point where unless something crazy happens, we just have like another mega crash, which obviously that's not good. But at some point, that implied volatility is going to start uh, regularly being overstated, right? And being greater than the realized volatility. And that's kind of what we saw, right? The, the first book wipe 
there was no implied volatility. So obviously any realized volatility is going to blow everything up. The second book wipe, you know, it was more resilient. It took a bigger move, but it, the realized volatility was still great enough to you know wipe the second book. And the third one, it was, you know, that move in a week was enough to wipe half the book, but not the whole thing. Right. And then we kind of had some relief. So anyways, that's why I kind of want to go through this exercise and walk through what was going on, look at the stats and just give you kind of my thoughts on, you know, how this has been going through the year. Right. And, you know, I'm optimistic that things will just kind of continue to grind along and, you know, looking forward to next quarter to see how how things go. Right. The market's again right now down 20 percent and, you know, we're down two. And of course, the actual amount is going to be based on your sizing, which is why I always say to you know size appropriately. Um, maybe I'll do an episode on looking at the realized loss percent you know, as a multiple of kind of the credit target, but we'll save that for another episode. You know, for now, uh, today, I think this is just what I want to get out there, just kind of put out, you know, what happened in the last quarter, how I see things, and hopefully looking forward to a better Q3. So for that, um, let's leave it there for today. As always, if you guys enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can also visit my trading page at www.thetradebusters.com where you will find all of the strategy mechanics and trade logs as well as various essays I have written and other podcasts I recommend. Finally, you can follow me on Twitter at TheTradeBuster. That's it for today. Thank you all for listening and I'll see you guys next time.